Hey, we're in our series where we're talking about just showing up. And today I, I tweaked the focus of the teaching a little bit. And here's what I want you to leave with today. I want you to leave with a greater appreciation for what Jesus did for each of us. And I want you to leave here with a greater appreciation for the need for each of us individually to get into the Bible. Two things, a greater appreciation for Jesus, a greater appreciation for us to have to get into the Bible on our, on our own. And let me just sort of set it up this way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take me a little bit to land this thing, but stay with me. In the Old Testament, God showed up in some really unusual ways, right? So like, here's a list of ways that God showed up, right? And a lot of them are scary. The angel of death and all of this stuff. God was showing how holy he was in the Old Testament. And when people stepped out of line, he zapped them or he sent a bunch of frogs or he sent locusts. There's this one time where the ground literally opens up and swallows people. So I got, I got word for you. If your pastor lived in the Old Testament, I would not be here today. He would have, God would have zapped me a long time ago. And I'm just being serious. I mean, where would we be without the grace of Jesus? right? In the Old Testament, we see God's holiness and God saying, all right, people, you want to try to come to me without Jesus? Let me show you what holy is. And when you step out of line, boom, I'm going to zap you. That's the Old Testament. People say, why is the Old Testament so much darker than the New Testament? You know why? Because Jesus changed everything. Woo! Where would we be without Jesus? Jesus changed everything. And when Jesus came, the Bible says he became our condemnation. He became our sin. He took our punishment and he paid for it on the cross. And in his death on the cross, the father was satisfied that the penalty for sin was paid. So God doesn't have to treat us today the way he treated people before Jesus. See, Jesus was the game changer. Here's what Ephesians says about that. God raised us up with Jesus spiritually. It's saying God raised us up with Jesus, with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in order that in the coming ages. So it's talking about today. He might, God may show his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the game changer. That's why the old Testament looks so different than the new Testament. Because the wrath of God was satisfied in Jesus. But in order for that to happen, Jesus had to take it all. He took it all. Which is why we have an opportunity to simply put our faith in Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus? I don't get it all. I don't understand it all. But this much I know. You took my penalty on the cross. I thank you for that. And I want to receive that gift in my life. That's all it takes. That's what Jesus came for. But when Jesus was here and he was about to leave... He could see like the worry and, and like the disciples are like, oh, what are we going to do now? Right? Jesus is going to go. And, and Jesus says, be sure of this. I'm with you always. And then in Galatians, the apostle Paul wrote, I've been crucified with Christ, but it's no longer I who live, but, but Christ lives in me. So in this spiritual sense, we have the spirit of Jesus that resides in us when we're followers of Jesus Christ. So we have that going on. But Jesus also promised us the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Jesus said, I will send a great helper to you from the Father, one known as the Spirit of truth. He comes from the Father and will point to the truth. When you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Jesus is in you. The Holy Spirit resides in you. And what the Holy Spirit is doing is he's pointing to the truth. 
He's helping you discern what's true, what's not true. He's helping you move forward in life. So when the Bible says we'll, we'll point to the truth, it's talking about confirming. It's talking about giving evidence of. Now let me couple it with this verse. For the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we really are God's children. Paul says that the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts. He's literally saying the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. Now, what is all of this about? Listen, do you ever have those nudges in your life where you just feel like God's nudging you to do something? It's the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit's not going to, more often than not, he's not going to speak in an auditory, you know, audible voice, rather. You're not going to hear him. You're going to feel him. You're going to feel him. Last week when I was talking about loving your neighbors, last week when I challenged all of us, don't leave here without going up to someone and saying, hey, my name's so-and-so. What's your name? How can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you this week? Some of you did. That was awesome. I, I got some really cool stories. Some of you didn't. Some of you left here feeling a nudge. Like, I, I, I should do this, but you didn't. The nudge, that whisper in your life, that was the Holy Spirit pointing you to the truth, saying, yo, go show up for that person. Get out of your own comfort zone and show up for that person. That person needs prayer today. That's how, that's how the Holy Spirit operates. Now, as followers of Jesus, now, first of all, aren't you glad we live on this side of the cross and not the other side? Woo! We wouldn't be here, people. I got to tell you something. Listen, a lot of you are better than me. But how long would we last if, if God's grace wasn't a part of our lives? before we get zapped or fire from heaven or the ground opens up or the locusts eat us or whatever. I mean, it's some scary stuff in the Bible. But Jesus took care of that. So here we are on this side of the cross. We get to experience God's grace. Jesus is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me, pointing me to truth. And you know what? It's those nudges. It's those whispers that we have in our lives where God's saying, hey, you're a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's got a specific job for you, a very specific task for you. How does he communicate that to you? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to nudge you and say, hey, go do this. How do you know? You, you feel it. It's the Holy Spirit communicating with your spirit and you get this sense like, I'm supposed to do this. And when you feel that, do it. Do it. Think about this. In the Old Testament, people were not indwelt permanently with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, when God had a special job for someone to do, he put his spirit in them. Judges, prophets, kings. Old Testament says the Spirit of God came upon David. The Spirit of God came upon this person. They had a special job to do. In fact, when the craftsmen were building the temple in the Old Testament, the Bible says that God indwelt all of those craftspeople because he wanted superior quality in all their work. So the Holy Spirit indwelt those workers for that task. 
But when the task was over, spirit left, which is why King David in his psalm where he repents for his sin utters the words, please don't take your spirit from me. He's not talking about salvation. David knows that if God takes his Holy Spirit from him, he's no longer king. So the fact that in the Old Testament, people were given the Holy Spirit when they had a special task to do. In the New Testament, if you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? You have the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? You have a special job to do for God. What's your special job? Pastor Evan started it a couple of weeks ago. Is your workplace, is your school, is your neighborhood different because you're showing up? Are you lifting your neighbors up? Are you lifting your coworkers up? Are you lifting those in school with you up? Because you're royalty and you're walking into the room and you are the light, you are the salt. That's the work that God gives us to do. And he gives the Holy Spirit to us so that we can do the work. Some of us are scared, like, oh, I can't keep showing up for that person. I can't even show up in my own life. Listen, you got the Holy Spirit in you. You can show up. You can do it. That's why the Spirit is in you. So it's not just some person in the Old Testament that had a job to do and the Spirit's taken. Nope, the Holy Spirit lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, let that sink in. Why? Because you have a special job to do. And the Holy Spirit there is there to empower you. How else does God lead me today? The Bible, right? Psalm 119 says, your word, the Bible, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So we go through life. We have all sorts of decisions and choices and obstacles and it gets complicated. And Psalm 119 says that the Bible is a lamp to guide us along the path of life. Now, does the Bible give us specific instructions? Yeah, in a lot of ways it, it does. Like, should I continue mooching off my parents? No, the Bible says get a job, right? That's biblical, right? Do I have to love my neighbor? Yes, the Bible says. Is it okay to cheat on my spouse? No, the Bible says. Do I have to file my taxes and be truthful? Yes, the Bible says. And is it ever okay to cheer for the Dallas Cowboys? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Listen, take your pastor's word for it. There's too many verses. I can't put them all up there. Bible says never cheer for him, right? So listen, the Bible gives us specifics about a lot of stuff, but it doesn't give us specifics about everything. Should I get married? If so, to who? Should I accept that job? Is it time to move? Is that the car for me? Who should I vote for? How should I be the light in my neighborhood? See, the Bible gives me specifics about a lot of stuff. It doesn't give me specifics about specific stuff in my life. What do I do? So how do I figure that out? It's the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Jesus working in tandem with the Bible in my life. And here's what I mean. We have, as the followers of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in us. And we're supposed to have, as followers of Jesus Christ, 
the Bible in us. So that now when we start to have questions about, should I be married? Is this the person to marry? Is it time to move? Is this a good opportunity for me? Hey, God, is this the path you have for me? What the Holy Spirit does is he points us to truth, but we need the Bible in us so the Holy Spirit can point to that truth. And here's the catch. Too many of us struggle because we're not getting into the Bible enough. So the Holy Spirit wants to point to truth, but the truth isn't there. So we know God's trying to tell us something, but have we put God's truth in us? See, Psalm 119.11 says, I've treasured your word in my heart. What's the next word? So, why is it important that the Bible takes root in us? Individually, not just pastors, not priests, not missionaries, every follower of Jesus Christ. It is important that the Bible takes root in your life so we don't sin against God. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, and the Bible in us, the truths of God in us, work in tandem. Have you ever been on a rowboat where the oars are attached, physically attached to the boat? Right? They got those metal things that keep them on the side of the boat. And when you're in that rowboat, it's fine as long as you have both oars. But if you only had one oar, what are you doing? Going around in circles, right? Do you ever feel like in your life you're going around in circles? You want to know why a lot of us are going around in circles in our lives? We're saved. We put our faith in Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the Spirit of Jesus in us. Thank God for that. You know why we're going around in circles? Because we haven't made the Word of God a part of us. And the Holy Spirit's pointing the truth, but the truth isn't in our lives. And we're confused. And we wonder why we can't show up for other people. And we wonder why we can't show up in our own lives. And we wonder why the discipline's not there. We wonder why the desire isn't there to follow God. See, the Bible says we've to treasure his word in our hearts so we don't sin against him. So we have a really smart spiritual enemy. Satan's smart. The Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in you, and there's nothing the enemy can do about that. So the Spirit of God is in you, the Spirit of Jesus is in you, and Satan knows that. So you know what he tries to do? He tries to get us to believe the Bible isn't really that important. It's not that important. Look at Hebrews 4. God's powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing, no one can resist God's word. Woo! You put that in your life with the spirit of Jesus, nothing's going to stop you. You know why Satan tries to say, ah, oh, the Bible's not that important. You went to church a month ago. Because Satan understands the word of God is alive. The word of God is truth. And when we give God that opportunity in us, because the Bible is taking root in us, 
And the Holy Spirit can point to that truth and say, come on, Rob, you know better than that. We just read that. God's word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense. You have doubts. You have a defense as to why you can keep sinning like that. Guess what? The Bible's going to chop right through that. It lays us open to do what? Listen and obey. Nothing, no one can resist God's word. That's powerful. And yet so many of us as followers of Jesus Christ, we just don't see the importance of the Bible, of making it our own. So, Here's how how I want to end. I want to give you all of us a challenge. Between now and Easter, Easter's the end of March, so it's about 50 days. I want all of us to seriously take this challenge and say, let's make the Bible, let's allow the Bible to take root in our lives. Because see, when we do that, we give God the opportunity to direct us in very personal ways. We give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to direct us in very personal ways. And the Holy Spirit starts to say, Rob, you know what? That part of your life, not good. You ready to start dealing with it? So here we go. Starting today, starting today, daily, either read or listen to the Bible. If you're not a reader, listen to the Bible. There's a, an app you hear us talking about all the time, Version app. It's a free app on your phone. There's a church, Life Church, out in, I think it's Oklahoma. Is that where they're at? Oklahoma. They have ranches all over America. And it's their ministry. They do it free. They underwrite all the expense. Download this. Start with the Gospel of John. So the New Testament is, starts with Matthew, then Mark, then Luke. Gospel of John is the fourth book in the New Testament. Start there. One chapter a day. Every day, purpose that you're going to read or you're going to listen to one chapter. Now, some of you are going to say, well, that's not much of a goal. We ought to be reading more of the Word of God. You're probably probably right. But can can I... say the reason more of us do not instill different habits in us is not because our goals are too small. It's because our goals are too big. For example, I don't know if you know this about me. I am not a long distance runner. You're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. So if I said my goal is next Sunday, I'm going to run my first marathon. Woo! You'd look at me and say, you're nuts, Rob. You're, you're, you're going to fail miserably, right? But if I said my goal is a year from now to run it or two years from now to run it, that's more realistic. Why? You're setting up goals in smaller increments. Same thing with the Bible. Listen, every beginning of the new year, people say, you know what? My goal this year is to read through the Bible in a year. God bless you if that's what God's asking you to do. But can I just say, reading through the Bible in a year is an arbitrary number that we invented. That's not, God doesn't ask us to do that. 
You know what God asks us to do? To allow the Bible to take root in our lives. If you want to read through in a year, God bless you, read through it in a year. But some of us set that goal, and by the middle of January, we're so far behind that we give up. What good is it to have a lofty goal if we give up? So start small. You can do a chapter. Pastor Rob, I'm not a good reader. Listen to it. The Bible app that I, you version, you can tell it, read me John chapter one. It'll read it to you. It'll read to you in different languages. There's no excuse. And pick an easy to understand translation. People ask me all the time, what's the best translation? Pastor Rob, I always say the best translation for you is the one that you read and understand consistently. Pick one that you understand. I use the New Living Translation for most of my teaching because it's a, it's a good one. It's an easy one. If there's one that you like better, God bless you. The important thing is get into the Bible. After reading or listening to one chapter, pick one thing you want to thank God for or one thing you want to ask God to help you with. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word describing Jesus. It's a description of Jesus coming to earth. So you read or you listen to John chapter one today. At the end, I would say, God, I am so thankful that Jesus came because before Jesus, the earth or the world was such a dark place and God's judgment was over people and people heard about the grace of God. They didn't really experience it. But after Jesus coming, we get to experience the love of God and the grace of God. Where would I be without Jesus? You can do the same thing. So you pick one thing every day. You thank God for it or you ask God to help you with it. And that's it. You're done until the next day. And you know what, folks? If you have to set a daily reminder on your phone, set it. People say to me, oh, no, it's not spiritual. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit tell me to read the Bible. Yeah, just like I'm going to let the Holy Spirit wake me up to come to church in the morning. Guess what? I'd still be in bed. Right? Come on, just be real. Set a reminder. Set a reminder. I have reminders on my phone to pray. I have reminders on my phone to pray about specific things. Oh, that's not very spiritual, Pastor Up. You know what? Life gets in the way sometimes. And when a reminder pops up on my phone, it gets my attention. And it says, Rob, pray for this situation. And they do. What do you have to do to make it happen? Set a reminder if you have to. When you miss a day, notice I didn't say if. We're all going to miss. Pastors miss. When you miss a day or two or three or four or five or a month, get back up. The enemy wants to discourage you. You're a loser. God doesn't love you. Listen, God's love for you is not on the condition that you read the Bible every day. He loves you. So when you miss, okay, you missed. I missed the last two weeks. Great. On day 15, Start where you left off and just read or listen again. Keep instilling that habit in your life. And before you know it, it's going to be a part of who you are. At the end of the first service, someone came up to me in the lobby. And he had tears in his eyes and he said, Pastor Rob, I got to tell you something. 
He says, when we were closing the service and you were challenging people to listen to the spirit of God in their lives, he says, I was sitting next to someone. He says, I see him occasionally around here. I don't really know him. And at the end of the service, he looked me in the eye and he said, I think God wants me to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And he said, sure. And the guy prayed for him. And the guy had tears in his eyes. And he said, you have no idea how much I needed that. And I said, how cool is it that God brought you to church today and put you next to someone that you don't know? You see him at church. But he was listening to the Spirit of God in his life, and he showed up. And because he showed up, he blessed you. How many people is God asking you to bless today and this week? Are you willing to listen to the Spirit of God? Are you willing to step out of your comfort zone and not be creepy, but just be real? Just be real and pray. Encourage someone. Say something kind to someone. And be the blessing. And allow the Word of God to take root in your life so the Holy Spirit can point to it and say, let's go. Let's go show up for someone else and see what God does. Hey, will you stand with me, please? We're going to pray. Father, thank you so much for the reminder today that your spirit is at work in us in a profound way. Help us to be students of the Bible, whether we read it, whether we listen to it. Allow it to take root in our lives so the spirit of God has the ability to use that to move us forward, to use that to nudge us, to prompt us, to show up for other people. God, it's not about us. It's about other people that you've put around us who need a prayer, who need encouragement.